Hello once again. This is Paul Billington bringing you this week's Bible in the News. Well, it's hard to keep up with all the events that are happening and which, in one way or another, reflect the truth of the Bible. Jesus said to his Father in John chapter 17 and verse 17, Thy word is truth. Well, it certainly is. And here we are, some 2,000 years later, watching it come true in the news headlines. For example, the Apostle Peter, who was inspired as he wrote his epistles, said to his readers in Second Peter chapter 2 and at the first verse, There shall be false teachers among you. Now, no one, of course, likes to point the finger. Yet here are Christians who are being told that there would be false teachers among them. Jesus himself, in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 15, says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. The Apostle Paul, in writing to Timothy, this is 1 Timothy chapter 4, the first three verses, says this, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils or demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God has created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. Now, can you imagine people who call themselves Christians forbidding to marry? telling certain people that they must be celibate. No one likes to point the finger, of course, but Paul has said that some would depart from the true faith and would forbid marriage, and also the eating of certain meats. Now, although we don't like to point the finger, the Apostle John has told us in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 1, Beloved, believe not every spirit. But try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Test them, he says. Test the teachers. But how are we to test them? Well, he gives the answer to that in verses 5 and 6. This is 1 John chapter 4, verses 5 and 6, where he says, They are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God, he that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The world hears the false prophets, says John. But we, he says, that's we the apostles, are of God. Those who know God hear the apostles. For them, even two thousand years later, they hear what the apostles wrote. They believe the scripture over any other human choice, voice, or authority. The scripture says, and you can read it in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 2, To avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. That is what the apostles say. So if someone comes along teaching something different and forbids marriage, say to priests, for example, 
it must cause us to stop and think, even though we don't want to point the finger. Now, if we see an organisation that claims to be Christian and forbids to marry, while earning a reputation for gross immorality amongst those who are forbidden to marry, does it not indicate that de that very departure from the faith spoken of in 1 Timothy chapter 4? And if that same organisation is very popular with the world, so that the world hears what it has to say, does it not suggest a conclusion? No one likes to point the finger, of course, but if we know of a popular Christian religion that world leaders respect and listen to, it tends to give shape to what the Bible is telling us. In fact, there is a religious system described in symbolic language in Revelation chapter 17, where we read about the great whore that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So here is an influence over the kings of the earth, the world leaders, brought to bear by an unfaithful woman. Now there is a court case going on currently in San Francisco in which a suit has been brought against the Vatican Bank and the Franciscan Order by victims of the Holocaust who were robbed of their funds in World War II Yugoslavia. The lawyer in the case, Jonathan Levy, has brought forward testimony from William Gowan. He was a former United States intelligence officer, and he has said that both Pius XII and Montini, before he became Pope Paul VI, were involved in helping Nazi war criminals like Adolf Eichmann, Klaus Barbie and Dr. Joseph Mengele escaped from Europe after the war. In order to do this, world leaders were influenced. Now, no one likes to point the finger, of course, except perhaps the victims who suffered. But more of this in a future issue of the Bible magazine. Benedict XVI has said this week that it is his church's mission to influence world leaders, but we must talk more about that some other time. I want to turn now to look at the uncertainty in the West Bank. The West Bank, that's the territory of Judea and Samaria, the mountains of Israel, continue to be in the news. The Palestinian election results are just coming in, and although Fatah seems to have won, the shape of their parliament in Gaza and the West Bank has yet to be revealed. It could, and probably will, include members of the terrorist outfit Hamas. To what extent the United States and Israel will be willing to deal with such a governing body is not yet quite clear. As for the Jewish religious settlers who have undergone a traumatic time and who are still experiencing uh, expulsions and persecution, they appear to be in some disarray right now. However, their spirit and belief remains intact and strong. An article in the Jerusalem Post by Michael Frund has the headline, A Community on the Rebound. Commenting on a recent community event, he writes, Anyone pessimistic about the future of religious Zionist youth could not help but be reassured. 
We believe that the current hardships and experiences of these people will only serve to strengthen them and prepare them for what is to come. At present, they have a leadership vacuum, and this is recognised. Listen to what this woman has to say. There is such a vacuum of leadership, and I really feel like it's an auspicious time for a new charismatic leader, perhaps someone, Ben David, to come around. Because it seems like he's the only one that's going to be able to make the difference. It's going to take something magnificent, some sort of miracle. Because if we're now putting our hopes in BB, gosh, I'd rather put my hopes almost anywhere else. And so they wait. And we also wait, knowing that Ben David, the son of David, is Jesus of Nazareth. He is the Saviour and the Redeemer of Jew and Gentile. And our prayer is that he will come soon. More news and more Bible next week, God willing.